The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated. This is probably the most popular gospel passage in the world, right? John 3.16, we see it often at sporting events. At least we used to. I don't know if we still see it. but So as we celebrate Holy Trinity Sunday, we're invited to just reflect on this truth that God has taken the initiative not only to create us, but to save us and to redeem us and to go even farther than that, to adopt us as his very sons and daughters. So this is something pretty radical. You know, we believe as Christians, as Catholics, that we believe in the true God, right? And he has revealed himself to us. That's one of the things that we believe, that God, over the course of human history, has revealed himself in different ways at different times, that he revealed himself in a definitive way by sending his son, Jesus, born of Mary in Bethlehem, died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, sent the Spirit upon his church, and now for the last 2,000 years roughly, men and women have professed their belief and have shown signs and wonders that have helped people to believe and have experienced for themselves the presence of God and the the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the power of God. And what is our response to this revelation? Like God revealing himself to us in all of these different ways, what does he ask of us? He hinted at it here in the gospel today. It's to believe. It's to have faith. That's the response that God is looking for. And whenever we make a little act of faith, whenever we try to believe, right? Whenever we make some kind of act of faith, like, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I believe that you care about me. Lord, I believe that you love me. Lord, I believe that you want to provide for me. Help my unbelief. <laughs> you know, I think he honors that. I know that he honors that in some way. And so we ask the Lord today to increase our faith. I think that's something that we can never have too much of. We can never have too much faith. Because it's through faith that we then enter into this relationship. When we're baptized, they say that we receive the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. So these virtues, these gifts, allow us to relate to God. That's why they're called the theological virtues, because uh, 
they allow us to start to have a relationship with God and to grow in the life of God, to grow in grace. It's one way to think about what we've been brought into. We have this order of nature that we all see and touch and taste and smell every day. That's the order of nature. But then there's this order of grace, which is, you might say, a higher form of being. It's a higher level, a more advanced way of being, you might say. It's the life of God. It's the presence and the power of God. That's one way of thinking about the order of grace. Well, we've all been brought into that by God. He took that initiative. God took that initiative. And it happened at our baptism in particular, when we received the very life of God and we became temples of God. We became children of God. And so we were changed. And that's something that Adam and Eve didn't have. So maybe you never really heard that before or you didn't understand that. But Adam and Eve, yes, they were created by God, but they didn't have this special grace that you and I have. This divine adoption, you might say. This fingerprint of God on our souls. They didn't have that, but we already have it. We've already been sealed, you might say, by God himself, for himself. So yes, when we were baptized and our parents and the priest and our godparents traced the sign of the cross on us, that was all symbolic, but very real, showing that we now belonged to God in a very definitive way. And they say that our souls, our very identity, is marked with an indelible mark. You know, you have an indelible marker, right? Like a Sharpie. Well, our souls have been <laughs> marked in an indelible way. In other words, it can't be erased. Nothing that we do or whatever happens to us can't erase that mark. In other words, the union that we have with God, the relationship that we have with God now cannot be undone. Of course, we are invited, we are called by God to grow in that relationship, to grow in that life, that life of grace. And how do we do that? Again, by making acts of faith, by continuing to hope in God and to hope ultimately for our life with him in heaven, that death doesn't have the final word, uh, that the evil that we see around us the sin, the hatred, the violence, all that does not have the final word. But there is a, a hope to which we've all been called. There is a peace and a joy, a love that we've all been called to. And, and that can start here and now, and that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we come to Mass, because this relationship is fed, literally, through the sacraments especially, obviously, through the Blessed Sacrament, through Holy Communion. So God feeds us with his very life and draws us to himself, speaks his words to us to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to help us grow, to help us mature. Because we're called to continue to grow in love, to grow in faith, to grow in hope, but especially to grow in love. Because that's what remains, right? That's the only thing we really take to heaven.
is love and the love that we've shared with each other and with God. So God, our Father, looks at us today as he looks at us every day with love. You know, and I was sharing with some friends the other day, God never gets distracted. You know, we all get distracted, right? With one thing or another, you know, we're, we're trying to focus on something, be it homework, be it work, whatever, prayer, whatever it might be, we all get distracted in different ways at different times. <clears throat> but God never gets distracted. It's kind of an interesting way to think about God, you know, just his ability to focus and to stay focused on us, on you, on me. So that means he's just so attentive. He's paying attention and not as some, you know, angry or, or yeah, judge or taskmaster. No, but as a loving father who wants to help us, who wants to guide us, who wants to encourage us, who wants us to know that we're loved, that we're wanted, that we're cared for. So he invites us to believe in that and he will confirm that for us. So God confirms or affirms our faith. How does he do that? Well, in subtle ways, for sure, but through each other. Sometimes we just have this sense of peace or joy or you know, happiness that comes over us. You know, you may have some kind of a physical reaction, goosebumps. Some people get goosebumps, you know, when like it's a God moment, you know, or just a, a gentle intuition a sense of God's presence through your imagination, through an interior word in your conscience. You know, God is always revealing himself to us. And he's trying to affirm us and confirm our faith and, and to encourage us in our journey with him and our walk with him. So let's pray for an increase of faith today and let's make acts of faith. We're going to profess our faith here in just a second. But as we offer this sacrifice, as we receive Holy Communion today, let's just make little acts of faith. Lord, I believe that you're here. Please increase my faith. Lord, I believe that you care about me. Please increase my faith. Lord, I believe that you love me. Please increase my faith. Lord, I believe that you want a relationship with me. Please increase my faith and help me to grow in that relationship today.